Today's episode of the Roger Hoover Podcast is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And the Roger Hoover Podcast is proud to be part of the River City Rogue Podcast Network. For the best local blogs, vlogs, and podcasts on sports, culture, and entertainment, head to RiverCityRogue.com. Bold views from the bold city and beyond. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover, and welcome to this episode of the Roger Hoover Podcast. I'm recording this on Tuesday, February 16th, 2018, from the Tuscaloosa, Alabama studios of the podcast, and I hope everyone is doing well. It's been almost two weeks since we had our last episode with Jim Furyk, but back with the podcast today that features a conversation that happened not too long after I recorded that interview with Jim Furyk at the baseball grounds. Today's episode features a conversation with the president of minor league baseball, Pat O'Connor. He was at the baseball grounds getting a look at the Jumbo Shrimp on the same night that we had Jim Furyk at the ballpark. It was golf night, May 27th of last year. And Pat O'Connor joined me on the Jumbo Shrimp Network presented by Community First to really have a great conversation about his career in minor league baseball, what he has seen over the past few years, and what he saw with the rebranding of the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, some other clubs in minor league baseball, and also what he hopes that his legacy will be as the president of minor league baseball and what may be next in the next five or ten years for the game at the minor league level. So I think you'll enjoy this conversation coming up in just a few moments with Pat O'Connor, the president of minor league baseball. Last week, no episode of the podcast because, first of all, I was traveling a lot, went back to Florida and got to see a lot of my Jumbo Shrimp family early in the week last week. Got to record an episode of Shrimp Show, one of the off-season updates that we've had on jackshrimp.com and also our social media channels, talking about what's up next for the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. We have our field staff in place, led by manager Randy Reddy. Also have some cool things coming up at the ballpark. Moana is a movie that will be shown on the video board coming up on Saturday. And there's a t-shirt design contest available for fans as well. And many more exciting announcements are coming up in the next few days and weeks for the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Also got to see my girlfriend, Lansy. Had a great time catching up with her in St. Augustine. And she and I last Wednesday went to Walt Disney World, went to the Magic Kingdom. Second year in a row we've done that. Kind of the same time of year as last year that we were able to go when Alabama gets its bye week in women's basketball. This is what we've started to do as a tradition. And uh, always fun to get back to the Magic Kingdom, even with some waits and some long lines. Uh, Space Mountain was a long wait and also... The Seven Dwarfs Mine Train continues to be the longest wait possible. It's a very good ride, but we did that near the end of the day, and that was uh, nearly two and a half hours of just waiting for that ride. But uh, it was worth it. We had a really fun time uh, getting to see a lot of cool Disney stuff and uh, enjoyed that, and then got back to Tuscaloosa last Thursday. Last Friday, made my debut As a gymnastics play-by-play announcer, that was pretty interesting, getting to call Alabama against Arkansas in gymnastics. I was partnered with the great Lauren Beer Stanton, who is an All-American at Alabama, and the color analyst in a gymnastics telecast really carries the show, and for her first time doing broadcasting, 
She was phenomenal. Talked through every event, talked through every routine, and I would have been very lost without Lauren Beer Stanton. So we had a really fun show as 10th-ranked Alabama defeated 8th-ranked Arkansas, and I'm glad that I can add gymnastics to the demo reel and the resume. Uh, it truly was uh, cool to call that, and I've got a couple more gymnastics meets with Alabama scheduled in the upcoming weeks. So I'm looking forward to getting back to Coleman Coliseum for a gymnastics reason. Basketball continues to roll along fine. Alabama did return to action on Sunday, lost to Arkansas in a really hard-fought game, and now we have the defending national champion South Carolina Gamecocks coming into Tuscaloosa on Thursday night, a 6 p.m. Central tip-off between Alabama and South Carolina. South Carolina's played two of the best teams in the country, losing to UConn last Thursday, number one team in America, and then last night falling on the road at Mississippi State. So the Gamecocks are pretty battle-tested coming into this matchup against the Crimson Tide on Thursday night. And also, the Super Bowl was on Sunday. Of course, a little bitter that the Jaguars were not in the game, but uh, still enjoyed watching it and enjoyed watching all the commercials and Justin Timberlake's halftime performance. I thought it was a pretty good Super Bowl, and somebody that really thought it was a good Super Bowl is one of my good friends, Alex Cohen. He is the broadcaster for the Iowa Cubs, AAA affiliate of the Chicago Cubs, and he actually got to go to the game, and I joked on Twitter that hopefully we'll be able to get Alex on the podcast, and maybe that'll happen later in the week. So it'll be fun to hear from Alex. He is a diehard Philadelphia Eagles fan, born and raised in Philadelphia, and uh, has continued his Eagles love, even miles away from Philadelphia, so it'll be cool to hear his thoughts on the Eagles winning a world's championship, and hopefully we can get him on sometime in the next week or so. But right now, we go back to the archives, and again, a great conversation with Pat O'Connor, the president of Minor League Baseball. I think you'll really enjoy hearing his insights on the game and what's next for the game at the minor league level. Busy broadcast booth. We have Jim Furyk on earlier. Now we get the president of minor league baseball. But Pat, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Roger. Thanks. It's good to be with you. Well, the jumbo shrimp and the generals, pretty good game. If certainly, if you like pitching, it's been a good one. It has. It's it's been well played, and uh, these two pitchers are, are throwing good games so far. So now we get ready to see Evan Marzilli go up against Jacksonville's Mike Kickham. Again, we have no score through the first four innings of play. Now getting ready to start the top of the fifth inning. Pat O'Connor is back in Jacksonville getting a look at the newly named Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Here's a fastball for a strike to begin the inning, and rebranding was really all over minor league baseball this past year. What did you think when you first saw the Jumbo Shrimp logo and got to know the new name? Well, I, you know, I have to, I have to confess that over the last 20 years, many of the top 25 names as far as merchandise sold um, probably wouldn't exist if it was my sole opinion. Oh, really? <laughs> I, so I, I lack the creativity, not the vision, but the creativity. So um, it, it really has been fabulous, not only here in Jacksonville, but as you know, in, in uh, New Orleans and also in Binghamton, the three higher profile uh, rebranding efforts. And, and you know, it, it, it's, it, it's amazing what's happened, you know, uh, not only here. You know, I, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't sure that it was the best name, but then merchandise is flying off the shelves. It's going to be a top 25 name by the end of the year. 
Same thing with the baby cakes. But the interesting thing is, is when you get the backstory and you understand, especially in the baby cakes, my, my first reaction on the baby cakes was, are you seriously going to put professional athletes in a, <laughs> in a uniform with baby cakes on the front of their jersey? Sure. But when you hear the story, it is very indigenous to New Orleans. And it's been it's caught on like wildfire. So Absolutely. Um, I, I think it's great for the game. It's great to, you know, to turn a corner, turn a page, rejuvenate uh, existing markets. So, uh, uh, you know, as long as it's not offensive, as long as it's, it's all in good taste and good fun, I'm all for it and let the clubs have at it. Absolutely. Marzilli struck out. Now another quick strikeout of Jamie Westbrook. We're already getting a quick inning for you in here, Pat. <laughs> but uh, you've been with minor league baseball, what, since 1993 you first joined the staff? I joined in May of 93 as a COO. Could you believe it would be as popular as it is now? I mean, just with the fact that we're able to watch games in HD, basically on all laptops, iPhones. I mean, Internet has really been a big help in helping it grow, but the ballparks have changed tremendously, well, too. Well, I, I think the answer to it is that I think it could be bigger and better, yes, that I think it would be to this extent. I, I don't think anybody really did. Um, and it's been a great run. And, and I have to tell you, there's never been a better time to be involved in minor league baseball as a player, as a broadcaster, as a sponsor, as a fan, uh, as an owner and an executive. Uh, so it, it really is a great time. And, and having said that, I think that we are on the cusp of another run. And I think the next 10 years in this business is, is just going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's going to be technology driven. It's going to be fan experience based. Uh, and it's just going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. No score here in the top of the fifth inning. It's already one and two on Taylor Clark, the pitcher for the Generals, who has 10 strikeouts himself. Now Mike Kickham looking for his ninth strikeout. The one-two. He has it. Swing and a miss. Strike three on a breaking ball low. Kickham strikes out the side and orders through a scoreless top of the fifth. We still have no scores. We continue to visit with Pat O'Connor, president of Minor League Baseball. Now, for your staff, what was the real focus over the offseason gearing up for this 2017 season? Well, I, I think you mentioned the conversion of, to HD. On, there are still some clubs that are, are going through that. Um, you know, we, we rebranded those three clubs. It was important. Uh, the, the throwback collection. You know, the hometown collection where we're bringing back uh, three or four marks a month, which has been unbelievably successful and popular uh, with the fans. Uh, obviously, our, our venture into MILB Enterprises and the new national marketing campaign uh, has, has taken up a lot of time and energy and been very uh, fruitful. Uh, so, you know, it's it's a, a lot of business as usual, but by the same token, always trying to improve, always trying to improve our service to the clubs uh, and, and certainly to our fans. And when you come back to the baseball grounds of Jacksonville, you know we're catching up in, uh, before we came on the air here that you were here in the first year of the baseball grounds in 2003. Are you proud of how well this ballpark has really held up through the years and even a lot of the positive changes Ken Babby has made over the last two years? You know, I, I've, I've had the pleasure of, of, since I've been president, 25 new ballparks have opened. Uh, you know, since 2000, we've opened 64 ballparks. We've opened one new ballpark every year since 1987. That's great. Uh, yeah. and, and so... What is nice is to come back after a, a ballpark has some age on it, uh, to see it mature, uh, to see the area around it to mature, yet see you know a, a very enthusiastic live uh, crowd, a nice house tonight, uh, today, and and so um, I, I think that, that this ballpark has matured. And I was talking to Harold Crawl, but you know during the game before I came upstairs, you know for me and and I you know I, I get cooks tours, chefs tours of ballparks. 
you want to know if a ballpark's taken care of, look at the tunnels, look at the dugouts, look at the places that no one else goes, uh, and you can tell if a ballpark's taken care of. Uh, ballparks show when they're taken care of and when they're not taken care of, and the baseball grounds clearly has been taken care of uh, over the last 13, 14 years it's been around. Um, and, and I think that it's, a, it's wise on the part of ownership, it's wise on the part of the city uh, to make sure, this is a house, and everybody that's a homeowner knows that there's preventive maintenance, there's capex things that have to be looked after and taken care of, and there clearly is a plan, not only a plan on paper, but a plan that's executed here in Jacksonville. Absolutely. We're in the bottom of the fifth inning. There is no score between the Jumbo Shrimp and the Generals. And we mentioned Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp owner Ken Babby. first got to know him when he started opening the Akron Arrows and then the name changed to the Akron Rubber Ducks. And now he has a large part of the staff's role uh, with a lot of the Internet uh, communications going on for minor league baseball he, as well. He now. chairs Burko Committee, mm -hmm. which is the board, the Burko Board. Uh, has been a, a great addition to that board. Uh, been a great addition to ownership in minor league baseball. And, and, and Ken has assimilated very well and very quickly to what is a tough group. You know, minor league baseball owners are, are close-knit. Um, and But, you know, Ken has assimilated very well and has looked to for leadership uh, uh, already in his young career. Now, big swing to miss by Nola. The count at 1-1 one one as he goes up to Taylor Clark. And you've got to like seeing that, too. A younger owner like Ken, there's a young generation now of owners that are starting to come into minor league baseball. You know, there, there, there are a couple of things that are important to any organization, and minor league baseball is no different. One is relevance. You have to maintain your relevance in every mark. You have to maintain your relevance in other spaces like media and technology uh, on a national and local and regional level. Uh, but the other thing is leadership, and, and without leadership and committed leadership, um, an organization will die. Uh, an organization will get stale and stagnant, and, and pretty soon you'll start to see that you're losing your relevance, you're losing your ballparks, you're losing all the things that are important to the operation. So I, I think the next generation of leadership uh, is critical to, to our organization's uh, future and continued success. Austin Nola lines a base hit into right center field. So Jacksonville with its first hit of the ball game. Jumbo Shrimp, no hits through the first four innings. Now we'll see Jaramillas Pineda to the plate. We're in the bottom of the fifth with no score. And you got to like it, too, coming back to the double-A level. And the Southern League has such a great history and some of the most classic brands in all of minor league baseball. It really does. You know, and, and, and for many years I, I've been of the opinion that you know, this is where you find out if a player can play, an umpire can umpire, a manager can manage. Uh, the game picks up speed. It certainly picks up its its level of play and the expertise and the ability of these young men and, and, and uh, umpires and players to play. Um, you know, uh, we, we train umpires and, you know, you tell them when you go from uh, umpire school to, to short A or rookie, the game's a lot faster. Uh, when you add that second A and go from A ball to double A, uh, there is another gear. There's another gear to the game. Uh, there's more precision and expertise. Uh, and, and, you know, I love double A baseball. Triple A baseball is fine. It's a, you know, it's at times become off and on a spare parts league. Uh, I think a lot of players, uh, your true label as a prospect uh, is earned in double A baseball. Jeremias Pineda, the plate. Here's the 0-2 to him. He takes inside, and it's 1-2. and two. And you mentioned the umpires. You've got to be proud. Anytime you turn on a Major League Baseball game, you can remember seeing those guys when they were working their way through up every level of the minor leagues. Roger, I've lost track of the count. It's like <laughs> since we took over in 97, it's like 35 or 40 umpires uh, calling games in the big leagues. And another exciting 
Well, Pineda strikes out. Nola nearly caught stealing. We nearly saw a strike him out, throw him out double play, but Nola will steal the bag. Pineda strikes out, and there is the first out of the inning. But back to the umpire, another exciting aspect is not only are we putting uh, umpires in full-time positions at the big league level, uh, because of the substitution process, AAA umpires working games in the big leagues, you know, we have called as many as 1,800 games in the big leagues uh, with our umpires. Uh, so it's a, it's a great tool. It's, it gives a quality replacement for the major league umpire who's off on a vacation, injury, paternity, maternity, uh, bereavement leaves. Uh, and it's also a great step for the young umpires to test their mettle at the highest level of baseball. Uh, Mike kick him in the plate. He takes a strike. And right now, if you look out to the video board, just under it, we have the pitch clock that was instituted here in minor league baseball. And, of course, your office works with the major league office to rule on some on-field things as well. And the pitch clock was a change we got to see a few years ago. Uh, what are some of those conversations like? And what would what'd you first think about when you heard about the pitch clock coming to the minors? Well, I, I think that, you know, we were in a position, and, and quite honestly, Randy Mobley in the International League had started a project along the lines of pace of game. Uh, Major League Baseball uh, worked on theirs, uh, and, and we have agreed to implement certain aspects of it. Uh, I, you know, I thought it was fine, to be very honest with you, because the, the market that we need to attract most is that younger, that next generation. And it, it is much more participatory. It's microwave. It's faster. Uh, it needs to be engaged. Now, there are, two there are two different aspects to it. There's time of game and pace of game. And this is designed to pace of game, to cut some of the dead time between activities. Um, so, you know, we've agreed to go along. There was some, con some concern about, you know, can we go to 15 seconds? I, I think 15 seconds might be a push. Uh, I'm very comfortable at 20. It's a complex. Roger, I've always been of the opinion that a ball game should take between two hours and 30 minutes and two hours and 45 minutes. Anything quicker than 2.30, you probably cheated the concessionaire. <laughs> Anything right. longer than 2.45, you probably challenged your audience. We had creeped closer to three hours across the board. This has brought us back into to what I call the sweet spot. So I think we're on to something. Um, Major League Baseball desperately wants to implement some of this. They have a CBA, and they'll be working through that with the Players Association. But I think we're in a position where, um, you know, one of our jobs, and we wear it with great pride, is to develop these players to play at the highest level. Uh, so when we, you know, you remember years ago, one foot in the batter's box at all times, very few exceptions when you were allowed out. Smokeless tobacco, uh, drug testing, blood sample drug testing, all of that has been able to be here. So one, it conditions the players to the environment that Major League Baseball aspires to. So I think the time clocks have worked out well. There was an uproar, players, coaches, some fans. Uh, you know, my suggestion to them was go a homestand for a fan. Go a homestand. If you notice it the next time, call me, and I'll see that you get your money back. If it's that big a problem, you never hear from them. It's like when we extended the netting. Sure. Yeah. You know, um, and to me, the time clocks have faded to black, and, and they're, not a, I agree. they're not a problem. I think they're a, uh, they're a help. Uh, they're accomplishing what Commissioner Manford had hoped they would accomplish. Uh, and, it, and this was not done without great thought, without great study. They experimented in the Arizona Fall League for two years. So uh, I think it's been a, a good addition to what we're trying to do in the minor leagues. And could there be more measures maybe in place for next year that we'll see in regards to pace of play? Yeah, yeah. you know, now they have the 35-second clock between the two, and that was to cut down uh, the time between outs. 
And that's not a problem in the minor leagues, but what they are doing is, is they're gathering data and they want to see the impact because they have a replay problem at the big league. Sure, yeah. And if you'll watch a big league game, when there is a questionable call, the catcher's milling around, and, and all it is is to give time for the replay coach to see if they want to challenge. And, and so that's the, 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 the method behind us having that 35-second clock. Again, to get managers, coaches, players used to keeping the dead time at a minimum uh, and, and move that on. So, uh, and, and, you know, many would tell you that Major League Baseball has a little bit of a pace of play problem. They have a time of game problem, but it's probably a replay and TV problem and not a game uh, indigenous to the game itself. So they're working, you know, through those, and we're happy to help. You know, I mean, look, as Major League Baseball goes, uh, so will we go. Uh, we are uh, closely aligned to them, obviously players, obviously umpires, uh, marketing, uh, internet, uh, you name it. You know, we're, we're tied together, security. Uh, we, we have, you know, we're on the same side of the same business. So for you know, 25 years I've been there, I've, I've thought it was in our best interest and MLB's best interest to work collaboratively as much as we can. Absolutely. Two gone, a runner in second, Nola. Here's the 2-2. Yarbrough swings. That's a high fly ball that goes into right center field. Marzilli, the center fielder over. He'll make the catch for the out. And before I let you go, Pat, I wanted to ask you about the diversity initiative you have yeah. for minor league baseball. Well, I, I think that real quick, Roger, that the world is changing around us. The country is changing around us. And we talked about relevance in the next generation. Um, you know, we have 40 clubs. One, 25% of our uh, clubs today play in markets where 50% or more of the population is non-white today. Uh, so I think it's important not not to discount the social and moral thing that you know everybody in this country should have a chance to do anything they want to do. But from a business perspective, uh, if we are going to integrate and penetrate 100% of our markets, we should look like from the inside out as that community looks back at us. And that's the basis of the initiative is that you know, uh, deal with the African-American community, deal with the Asian Pacific Rim, the Latino community in a way that it, that your organization and your ballpark looks, feels, sounds, smells, tastes more like them than less like them. And, and I think that over time it's going to be critically important because as we've seen this shift in demographic in the country, the most interesting and compelling reason to, to address it is that the change is coming now with capital. And as long as we're in a, a democratic society with a capitalistic system, cash is going to be king. And we should deal with it effectively. And that's the, the, the groundwork for our initiative. Absolutely. Well, that's a great thing. And I'm sure that's what one of the things you would like to have is your lasting legacy as president of minor league baseball. Well, I, you know, I would like to think that the body of work will stand on its own two feet. But this is something that... that it's not going to impact my life, you know, my, you know, but uh, yours possibly towards the tail end of your and Marco's career. But there, is, you know, for us to have sustainability, the next generation and the generation after that is it's just imperative because we will end up being a big fish in a shrinking pond if we don't address this. Absolutely, and that leads me to one more last question for you. The next five years of minor league baseball, what do you want to see? Well, I, I want to see us to continue to move the needle on technology. I want us to move the needle on diversity. I, I think it's important. You know, the world is going to be looking much different in five or ten years. People often ask me, you know, why are we doing this now? Because it's not broke. We're drawing great crowds. We're making good money. We're in great shape with MLB. We don't have to do it for today. But if we don't start now, when are we going to start? And if I don't do it, who's going to do it? 
So um, I, I think we need to be more diverse, we need to be technologically advanced, but I'll close with this, Roger. We can never forget our core business, which is pleasing these people in the stands day in and day out. Minor League Baseball, in its purest form and its everlasting form, is an experiential product. So we have to take care of the people in the ballpark. Absolutely. We're enjoying a great game tonight. No score between the Generals and the Jumbo Shrimp to the top of the sixth inning. No, you had a run, but we certainly have enjoyed having you on the Jumbo well, Shrimp Network with us. You're very kind to give me that much time, and uh, keep up the great work, you and Marco. Well, a fun interview with Pat O'Connor, the president of Minor League Baseball. Just a sample of some of the great guests that the Jumbo Shrimp give me. You know, on the same day, Jim Furyk and Pat O'Connor sat in that booth. So pretty cool to have him join me at the baseball grounds of Jacksonville. Really enjoyed that conversation. And coming up on the podcast, again, hopefully we'll be able to talk to Alex Cohen coming up later in the week to hear his Super Bowl experiences as his Philadelphia Eagles win the Super Bowl over the New England Patriots. Some other cool things coming up in store. So I appreciate all of you for joining me on this week's episode of the podcast. Please rate and review, do all those good podcast things. And until next time, play the waltz, Roy. I remember.